Good morning, Elvis, and thank you for having me. Madhube, does this ruling take away the president's privileges uh, to exercise his right to hire and fire ministers as he pleases? Well, considering that this decision in essence confirms the standing of the High Court ruling, which had said that the president should provide a record of the minutes, which led to the cabinet reshuffle. So it does, in a way, take away the president's prerogative in how he exercises his power. From an accountability point of view, is this uh, good for governance or not? certainly excellent for accountability purposes and in essence affirms transparency as a foundational value. And I think if you think about it, at the moment we really don't have a legal framework which guides how exactly cabinet ministers are appointed. Mm. We really don't have a determined and you know objective set of criteria as to who qualifies to be a, a member of cabinet. And even then, the dismissal of cabinet ministers is entirely at the whim of the president. So I think this really adds an extra layer of accountability in where in, in, in an area that has previously been you know the sole discretion of the president where will that extra layer of accountability now lie well, in the sense that now the president's reasons will be given closer scrutiny, and if there's reason to believe that the president's decisions or the president's appointments are irrational, then there can be room for a challenge before the courts. So in that sense, it means that the president going forward will have to be a lot more circumspect and he'll have to apply his mind a lot more closely when it comes to making these kinds of appointments. Mm-hmm. The matter is now moved. Tell us exactly what that means uh, as far as the issue with the former president, Jacob Zuma, is concerned. Well, bearing in mind that this, this particular piece of, lit- of litigation arose because the former president, uh, Jacob Zuma, had uh, had a, a cabinet reshuffle where he had removed both Pravin Gotan and Previsic Jonas from their respective uh, portfolios. So that was the specific challenge. But then, as we know, events then uh, overtook that particular then, um, well, just bearing in mind that, you know, the development of that story, you know, the fact that um, they were only in, his new appointments were only in office for a very brief period. And then afterwards, he had other people who were appointed to those positions. So it meant that the initial question, which had been around Pravin Gordon being fired as the finance minister, was no longer relevant. And as a result, the matter was said to be moot because the initial um, challenge really was no longer a, a cause for concern. So we won't have any midnight cabinet reshovels anymore, but does it actually mean now that the president has to consult and who does he consult with? Well, again, I think it doesn't essentially take away all of the president's discretion. I think the president is still free to consult members of the um, of, of the governing party. He's still free to consult senior members of cabinet. But ultimately, it means that these consultations will simply be given a greater degree of mm. scrutiny and that the president simply has to be a lot more careful about how exactly members of cabinet are appointed. So I think at the moment, you know, we've got all of these discussions about state capture and any other kind of undue influence over politicians. So it simply takes away the secrecy around the process. Wonderful. That was the independent consultant and constitutional law expert Pepper Lapid Dubek giving us a breakdown of that decision uh, of that Concord ruling there. So, no.